Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast emergency session. As always, we do these every time something big goes down and Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, decides, hey, we should have an extra podcast, especially when me being sick means that our podcast, which you can listen to on any of your favorite devices, and you should go back and listen to that old one, too, where we were openly musing about who the next offensive coordinator could be. Once again, hit the curse. I was sick. It took me a little bit of time to get that out. And then that day, as we put up the post, the Lions hire an offensive coordinator. But first, let's get everyone out of the way here so you know who's going to be talking. I'm Chris Perfett, as always, the adequate host. Uh, Jeremy Reisman mentioned his name earlier, mentioned his title earlier, the fearless leader. Hi, Jeremy. I'm back. I got back. news. I brought news with me. I'm already coughing again. I can I can barely even keep myself up, so I'm going to be... <laughs> Wow, that's a great podcasting right there, apparently. Me being unable to breathe. So that's why we have Jeremy here. Hello. Because he can actually breathe. We've also brought in our one of our favorite guys of all time, Jerry Mallory. He's back once again. I don't have a nickname for him. He just comes in and he takes over. Hi, Jerry. What's up, guys? I've been away so long. I kind of like feel like a fan. I've been listening the whole time, so... I got like the I got like the slight nervous jitters. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready to go. He's ready to get back in here. Jerry's kind of like the Italian chef on the uh, on the original Iron Chef. You know, only comes once in like a blue moon. But there's like so much fanfare and excitement when he shows up. Oh, I, I can, I can, I can hear people applauding in their cars right now. They're that excited. It's probably a few people disappointed. Old Rye guy isn't on here today, though. Eh. Right, guys, busy. Let's get to it. Can uh, let's actually talk about the offensive coordinator. It's gonna be a short podcast, but we figured because we just spent the last podcast fifteen minutes musing about an OC, we might as well name him before we get to the next uh, Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, let me make sure I get this right because I have been tripping over this name nonstop, and I guarantee no one's gonna spell this right because this man has too many double letters in his name. Daryl Bevel has Nailed been hired. It. Has been hired. I'm going to hear that it's like Bevel or something. No, and no, it's, it's Daryl Bevel. Bevel. Bevel, like the like the actual like. Okay, Bevel cool. Head, I, yep. 
beveled edge great formerly of the seattle seahawks in 2017 he did not have a team in 2018 before that minnesota vikings offensive coordinator the guys have been places he's done things with monstrous running backs and uh among the highlights too that got immediate play as people were trying to figure out this hire which I think was outside of any names we really had lined up. But most infamous, of course, from last time the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl, deciding on the play call to pass rather than give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, which ended with a game-ending interception, which led to the Patriots winning that Super Bowl. But let's not boil it down to just one play. Maybe. I don't know. Where, where are we? Where, like, What's immediate reactions, Jeremy, Like when you heard this name? Well, I, I think my immediate reaction was the same as everyone else's, which is what? What? Because I mean, I, I was listening to your podcast this morning just to kind of see uh, what the reaction was a couple days ago, and everyone on on the show, and pretty much everyone outside of the show, was like, "Okay, well, this is just going to be a guy that's left in in the playoffs. It's probably going to be uh, Chad Chad O'Neill, or maybe um, it's it's someone from the Rams or or Chiefs or any of that." And the fact that they pulled out a guy who had had scored a couple other offensive coordinator duties, but had flown completely under the radar for the lions was a shock. And, you know, uh, of course my reaction to, I, I had to jump to that one play, but that's very reactionary. And I don't think it's fair to, to judge a guy based on one play call that, you know, he, he didn't even have full call over. I, I think, Pete Carroll was, was at least in his ear for that play, but it, it was ultimately his play call as well. Um, but, but overall, I think it was just, it was surprised. It was surprised that the lines were able to keep this story completely under wraps. I mean, you look at all the other coaching hires around the league, whether it's offensive coordinators or head coaches, we're hearing the news from Adam Schefter. We're hearing the news from Ian Rappaport. The lions are the one that put this one out when they put out the tweet at 4 PM on, on Wednesday, that was the news. No one else had linked this guy to the Lions. No one else had um, thrown any sort of rumors. The only time I even saw these two names connected was back in November when uh, when Nate Atkins over at MLive just threw him out in his list of, of 15 guys that would make a lot of sense. And so I guess my first reaction was just kind of shocked, like, wow, this was a guy no one was talking about. Jerry, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it, was, it was similar. You know, I've heard the name, obviously. I you know, far as I know, he he would have been the offensive coordinator for Seattle last year. I had no idea that they fired him, uh, but I was surprised. And it's kind of been like that's just the way it's been so far with Patricia and Quinn. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's a connection between Pascaloni and Patricia, but I don't think Pascaloni was really a name that we considered until it was probably close to the time that he got hired. Um, so yeah, I was I was shocked with it. So, you know, I did my usual. You start looking him up. You start looking at some of the offenses he's had. Um, I don't know, man. I'm neutral on it. I really had one guy that I kind of wanted more than others, Monken. Um, mm-hmm. And then one guy I didn't want, which was uh, Godsey. And that, other than that, you know, if it was uh, Startesian, I know I'm messing his name up, whatever. If it Sarkeesian, was Hackett. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, all those guys were kind of lumped in that neutral. I had one guy I didn't want. 
one guy I did want and everyone else is in the middle. So, yeah, I, I think I'm putting Bevel in that, you know, wait and see mode. I think we're going to be talking about our expectations for him in a second. I, I, I've got a different take on that than most people, but um, I mean, I'm kind of glad it wasn't a New England guy. And I didn't automatically fall into that camp of they have too many New England guys, but just to save myself from listening to people, whether it be my cousin or the rare chance <laughs> I put on the radio, <laughs> oh, all they do is New England just to save myself from that headache i was glad it wasn't a new england guy but i'm kind of neutral on this man one guy wanted one guy didn't and everyone else and you know he's in that everyone else category well let's 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 put this into context too because like again not to spoil the previous pride of detroit pod cast which you should listen to on your favorite device here but we had all honed in on chad o'shea kind of being that big name he was a he's a wide receivers coach at new england probably was probably looked like he might get the oc job out there um here in detroit but i i think that was born out of this idea that there was a desire, I think, among maybe us to see the offensive coordinator be someone of a different mindset to compliment uh, Patricia, uh, the head coach, Patricia, on what he wants to do, which is he wants to run the ball a lot. So when I get a wide receivers coach to kind of diversify that and, you know, maybe add some more aerial aerial offense to it, whereas I I mean, what what's the feel on Bevel? Because I feel like the general concept is that he is a run first guy. But I mean, he's he's obviously worked with some monstrous running backs in the past. He had Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. He had Marshawn Lynch in Seattle. But I, I guess my experience from him, be, from what I remember of Seattle, was it was a very balanced offense. Like maybe that's just because of Russell Wilson. Where what, what's your take as far as his style, Jeremy? Well, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's an important thing to point out because I do think the general consensus is that, yeah, he's a run first guy. And at times he was with Seattle, but you also have to remember Daryl Bevel is a former quarterback and he was a former quarterbacks coach and he was a former passing game coordinator. So his roots are really with the passing game. Um, you know, he worked alongside Brett Favre for a couple of years in Green Bay and then again in Minnesota when when Brett Favre kind of turned heel in the NFC North. And, Can I say uh, this right now, too? I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt go, you. No, no. Is that a wrestling like term? Yeah, I dropped one. He, he used a wrestling term. I've been gone for too long. Man. <laughs> I just I, I want to throw this in because I don't mean to interrupt Jeremy, but sometimes Jeremy has like a million thoughts and I want to jump it in before we move from one train to the next. Yeah. About Brett Favre, because I was talking with someone else who brought up this rumors like didn't Brett Favre ignore his play calls at some point in Minnesota? I don't know if that's true, but if it is, I don't think that's an indictment of Daryl Bevel. That's more just who Brett Favre was, especially at that point of his career. Yeah. Like you can't and, well, tell an old ox anything. And, and and an interesting quote that Dave Burkett pulled up from one of uh one of uh Bevel's former players, uh, I think it was Tavares Jackson. He was he was just saying, like, yeah, he's super quarterback friendly. Like he'll just let you do kind of whatever you want. Whatever you need is yours. And and I yeah. think that kind of exactly what happened with Brett Favre. Um but just kind of like bigger thoughts with him is like I do kind of think he's that coach that 
does kind of want balance and, and will do whatever, you know, play to their to play your strengths. Of course, every coach says that that's what they're going to do. So you don't know how much to buy into it, but more that more so than anything else, I think this was a perfect fit for what Matt Patricia was looking for. He was looking for that guy that is willing to establish the run. Yes. Establish the run. Uh, whether it means running 30 times, if you have the personnel to do it, um, whether it means, you know, passing 35 times, if, if the opponent's run defense is bad, but this is a guy who who's done it both. He's done both sides of the ball. He's he's been pass heavy. He's been run heavy. More so lately, he's been run heavy. But that's because he's had some really good running backs to work with. He's had Adrian Peterson. He's had Marshawn Lynch. And so, um, I I think you know now that they have uh, a, a good running foundation in Detroit, that that might be where we see this offense going. Yeah. So, I mean, you, do you agree with that, Jeremy? Um, ooh, sorry. Oh, 2J, you 2J too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my God. Hey, diatribe. Don't, so don't I'm, I'm allowed. I'm, no, I'm it's okay. Now. No, you, you, it's fine. But just a quick story. So, you know, every time, you know, I would go to a lions game, I'm, I'm out and about, and, you know, my videos, it's easy to spot me out, but constantly, you know, I, I would get called Sean, you know, when Sean Yule was the guy at Project, hey, hey, Sean. And I, I thought that was correct. just a meme. No, man, it's serious, man. I, you know, I wouldn't correct guys. I don't care. Like, literally, my first thing I wrote for the site, I got great job, Sean. No, but, I well, used that, to, that's, I, a, that's a meme in the comment section, not in real life. Oh, okay. Okay. But then, you know, then when Jeremy, he, he came in, started doing his thing, I got called Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, I've been called <laughs> Jeremy Mallory. I know Jerry and Jeremy are close, but, you know, I would say Constance. Yeah, it, it's fine, man. From guys in the Lions, you know, at the Lions game. I don't care. You can call me that. But you of all people, Chris, come on, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get give a complex, me. dude. Get, get, give me this. Give me this. And give me your thoughts on Bevel. <laughs> All right, and here's my thoughts on Bevel. And I, I, I for you know, you hurt me so much. I forgot what Jeremy. I'm sorry, saying. but I, I, I do have a, a a take on Bevel, a potential. Now he he could be run heavy. All right, that could be his thing, and uh, that could be what Patricia wants to do. If we look at you know our most successful games last year, we were successful primarily you know on the ground. I think Miami. Uh, Jeremy has even mentioned this is probably our best game last year. And, you know, we saw what Carrion Johnson did. Uh, New England game, obviously, another really good game. Another game in which Carrion Johnson in the run game looked good. Uh, Carolina Panthers game, another one. Uh, Carrion looked good while he was out there. So, and even the Green Bay game, I know the last one of the year, we were supposed to tank and whatever, and Green Bay wasn't trying. But, again, we looked pretty solid on the ground. So, yes, perhaps Patricia does want to run the ball. But how about? This potential take on Daryl Bevel. Maybe Daryl Bevel doesn't like to utilize the run. He likes to utilize what his teams do best. So if you've got Adrian Peterson on your team and you've got Marshawn Lentz, then yeah, what you're probably going to do best is run. You're not going to have a probably a quarterback or passing situation better than two Hall of Fame running backs. Now, the year in which they had Brett Favre, they still focused on the run, but Brett Favre, or the two years they had him, the first one, I believe, yeah, I think the second one, he was kind of hurt. The first year with Brett Favre, he was he was pretty good in the, in the air, man. I remember drafting him on my fantasy team. He had about 40 touchdowns. So, yeah. you, know, the, you know, he went from Tavares Jackson to a competent quarterback. And so the, the quarterback got plenty of shine along with Adrian Peterson. It's the same. You look at Seattle, so you have a rookie, uh, Russell Wilson, and you probably want to get him going slowly. 
and then it increases. So perhaps Daryl Bevel just looks at his teams, sees what they do best, and that's what we're going to stick stick with. So if we're you know extrapolating that for Detroit, you know I would still say Stafford is our best asset. We'll see what the offseason brings about. on Johnson could you know get more and more important, but if he's a guy, and I'm kind of leaning toward he just utilizes a team's strength. I think Stafford's, you know, he's not going to be throwing 15 passes, man. He'll still be aggressive. And, uh, you know, we can look at that year Brett Favre has as an example. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of evidence to support what you're saying. I mean, and and specifically the point about the deep ball, like I don't think that's gone. And I, I pulled up some quotes from, from Bevel in his past that say, like, yeah, you know, like this is still very important to me, the taking deep shots because he actually kind of grew up, um, grew as a coach as, as kind of a West coast guy um, under uh, uh, Frazier, I think it was in, in Minnesota. And so early on, it was kind of the short passing game and the running game, which is something that basically we saw this year, which was not very fun to watch. It wasn't very effective Um, towards the end of the year. It was downright horrible, but then it was interesting because, a couple of years ago, he's let me pull this exact quote from 2012 when he was with the Seahawks. He says uh, regarding the running game, kind of opening up the passing game, he says it gives us opportunities to throw it. Not just the little, you know, West Coast offense style where you're getting going, getting five or six yards. We want to be able to get big chunks. And I just thought that was a really interesting quote since he used to run a West Coast offense. He's kind of thrown a dig at the West Coast offense. And then when you look at how. Seattle's played um, in comparison to how Stafford's played. Um, Chris Burke of the athletic had a really interesting stat about average air yards. So the average amount of yards a pass is spending in the air. I think in, I want to say five of the past six years, Wilson has actually averaged more air yards than Stafford per throw. So the deep ball is not gone. Even if I think there is going to be kind of a, a market shift to the running game with, with Bevel at the helm. Well, that's that's I think is what I want to step into next. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be doubling down, talking even more about expectations for Bevel in Detroit. And uh, I, I mean, just overall opinion on the hire itself and what we could expect to see as far as what demands are for, you know, his style versus Patricia's style or if they're in line. So we'll be right back here in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast once again here with Jeremy Reisman and Jerry Mallory. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was anxious uh, to see what you were going to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christopher Fat. That's what we do around here. I get sick and I get screwed up. So we started talking a little about a bit about what we expect to see with Bevel, Daryl Bevel, the new Lions offensive coordinator here in Detroit in 2019. And I guess the big question on everyone's idea is whether or not he's going to kind of fit with what I think we saw. I think now what everyone is slowly putting on Patricia as far as this idea that you wanted to that you wanted to run first and that apparently caused fits with Jim Bob Cooter's style, which didn't really adapt too well. Um, 
I don't know where I'm going with that right now. Uh, any thoughts, <laughs> Jeremy, as far as what we could see? Because, I mean, as, as I pointed out before, he's had monster quarterbacks in a lot of his places. So could we eventually see more support for, I mean, is Carrion Johnson, Carrion Johnson right now isn't a monster running back. He could be, maybe, I don't know. But could we see more investment in this upcoming draft in the run game because of Bevel? Uh or is there any other is there any other impact you see Bevel having on the roster right now? I think is my question. Well, yeah, I, I absolutely. I do think running back two becomes a, a bigger priority right now because I do think they are going to run the ball more. And one of Carrion Johnson's biggest concerns that has only become a bigger concern now that he's in the pros is his dependability in terms of health. Uh, obviously couldn't finish the season. Probably wasn't as serious of an injury as as being placed on IR suggests. I think had the Lions been in it, he would have been playing towards the end of the year. But um, this is very much going to be a running back com- by committee, and I don't think anyone wants LeGarrette Blunt back. And um, I, I think the Lions are going to invest in in a running back, and I don't know if it's going to be in free agency or if it's going to be the draft, but I do think it's become a bigger priority, maybe even a top five need to this team going forward. Because as much as I... T- you know, hyped up Zach Zenner towards the end of the year, he's going to need some competition for RB2. I don't think the line should just slot in Zenner. He's our number two guy. We're fine. I think, I think Zenner probably works better as an RB3, um, but at the very least um, bring in some competition for him. So I think more so than anything else, um, RB2 is a, a big addition going into the 2019 offseason. Does that concern you, Jerry, that it might be more run heavy or are you fine with that idea, given even given the fact that most NFL offenses are starting to pass more than ever? Um, I don't know, man. I just want to see effectiveness, to be honest, however it gets done. If we figure this thing out and running works, you know, I'm just throwing alternate ideas out there. So let's say. The, the league is going past happy, right? And it's a copycat league. So everyone's going past, past, past. So, you know, you know, defenses perhaps are catering toward that. If for some strange reason, maybe we want to go run heavy, maybe it could be an advantage. Maybe it could be something teams aren't uh, equipping their roster with as much. Um, but I, I really don't care, man. If, if I could be honest, long as we're effective. Now, I'm still going to go in the camp of, I don't think it's going to be as run heavy as we believe it. It, it's going to be a focus to improve our run game continually. We we made a big leap this year, and I think we'll continue to do that. And I definitely agree with Jeremy with that in mind. If we're going to have an effective run game, uh, you need a couple of running backs you can count on. We thought we had that with carry on and blunt. Turns out we just had it with carry on. And so uh, Zenner, yeah, he, he probably earned himself the third spot. You know, I'm kind of just repeating what what Jerry Reisman just said. Um, oh my God! Why you got to take the dig at me, man? I don't know, man. I'm just just had to throw it out. I just had to throw it out there. I just wanted a cheap. I just wanted a cheap pop, man. Feel, I'm feeling it. more delirious. It, it worked. Now. You guys laughed, so I just I just went for it. But no, I, I think I think we will be bringing in a second running back. It could be free agency. It could be a draft. But I'm not too particular on, you know, oh, is it going to be run heavy or is it going to, you know, don't don't hold Stafford back. I mean. You can do this thing in a number of ways. Um, Baltimore, you know, they had a pretty good year and they were run heavy. So I, you don't have to look at Kansas City and the Rams and be mad that we're not going to copy them. I think that's what it comes down to. It's a copycat league. So you look at the two hot teams and it looks like we're going in a different direction. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing, you know, and and you got to have certain personnel to copy that pass happy offense. Right. So I, I'm not too keen on worrying about 
how we do it. I just want to get some wins. I want to see an offense that improves. I don't want to hear, you know, week after week that defenses knew what plays were coming. (laughs) And personally, if we do uh, go run heavy, that means the play action is going to come into play, which means we will throw the ball deeper too, which is something I would like to see. I'm, I'm a little tired of the, the horizontal passing game. So let's just wait and see. Yeah. Speaking of throwing the ball, Jerry, I might as well double up with you and let Jeremy get in a second comment on this too. But I want to start with you on this is that there is now speculation that the bevel hire for one reason or another indicates the Lions might be trying to move away from Matthew Stafford in the near to immediate future. Do you, does that, do you agree with that assessment or do you, do you not see it like that? No, people, people, you know, you look at one thing and you just, they just run wild with it. So, okay. Bevel was in Seattle. That means they had a Russell Wilson type quarterback. That means we're probably going to get Kyler Murray based on what, man? I mean, I I don't agree that that means we're moving away from Stafford because we brought in a guy that's run heavy. Um, If we move away from Stafford, that's just, that's something that's going to come down to what Quinn ultimately is going to decide to do. And Patricia's going to have some say so on it. But I think, if anything, his play this year would be a stronger indication as opposed to us bringing in Daryl Bevel. But no, I, I think Stafford's fine, man. He's not going anywhere. He had a, you know, he had a, a bad year, but I think they still believe in him. It's not just lip service. It's not just, well, we signed him, we're stuck with him. I think they realize how hard it is to have um, a good quarterback, above average. I don't know how you want to rank Stafford at this point, um, but in my opinion, they're comfortable with him. And I don't think this hire means anything about Stafford's uh, job security here. Jeremy, I I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I don't think Bob Quinn could have been any more clear that he's in Stafford's corner. And I don't think this offensive coordinator hire says anything about that. I, I, the the one thing I want to say about Stafford and this offense is that why not try this? Why not try an offense that's a little bit more centered around the running game? Because for how many years have we been screaming at the top of our lungs that once Matthew Stafford gets a running game, he's going to be effective? And you look across the league, any quarterback is more effective the fewer passes they, they have to throw in a game. That's just how it works. It if you even look at Matthew Stafford's stats, the times that he's only throwing 20, 25 times a game, there's a pretty good chance the Lions are winning those games. And I think that's what they're what they're trying to do. And we've never had that with Stafford consistently. The closest we came probably was this year. And granted, it was a bad year for Matthew Stafford, but I think there are a lot of external factors that affected that. So I think you, you have to try this approach because we've been screaming for it forever. And... I, I think it has a pretty good chance of working if, if they can get all the parts in the right place. So I, I don't think this says anything about Stafford other than we need to help him out. I mean, Quinn said those exact words, like we need better personnel around him. We need better coaches around him. And so that's exactly what they've done so far. They've, they've gotten a coach that's going to get personnel in there that can help him out in terms of running the ball. And I think it's a smart move. Because You're saying the running, the running game has to be established. I do because I think the unspoken thing about all these great offenses in the league, your your Rams, your saints, your, your chiefs is those guys run the ball really friggin' well too. 
and maybe they pass the ball more and maybe it's the pass setting up the run or maybe it's the run setting up the pass. But the, the point is, if you have a good run game, that means that you're capable of play action. And I know there's stats out there that say just because you're better at running the ball doesn't mean you're better at play action. But if you have more people in the box because you're running well, then play action is going to be a little more effective in those instances. And so, I, I mean, all these good offenses are based on good play action. And if the Lions can get better at play action, whether it means having an effective running game or not, then I'm 100% for this fire, this hire because I think it, it's something that's long overdue for, for a Matthew Stafford run offense. Can I add something too? You yeah. know, we're talking about Bevel and, you know, this run, run, run thing. And I, like I said, I'm of the belief that he went with the personnel that he had and he acted accordingly. So let's go to 2016. Um, this is his second to last year with Seattle. He was offensive coordinator and they didn't have Marshawn Lynch there. I think, I don't know if it was injuries or he had left by then, whatever it was, they had like Thomas Rawls and a couple of other guys, you know, okay. Running backs. They didn't have a future hall of famery. You guys want to take a guess on where they ranked in rushing attempts that year. I'm stupid with numbers. Tell me. It was 20th. So they were, they ran the ball less than, you know, that's about average. They ran the ball less than most teams that year. Why? Well, they didn't have the Hall of Fame running back. So I'm just, I'm just sticking by that, man. I think Bevel looks at what his yeah. team, and that could be a positive. He looks at what his team does good. And instead of trying to force things, he's just going to go with kind of gets them there. So, you know, you, you, you take out an Adrian Peterson, you take out a Marshawn Lynch, and you add, you know, pedestrian running backs. And they had, and I know attempts isn't the only, you know, stat you can go by. You could probably look at a number of different things, but attempts is a good indicator of how much you run the ball, clearly. And they were 20th. So, you know, let's just wait and see what he's going to do. I'm not convinced it's going to be this crazy run heavy offense. Well, I know you want to wait and see what's going to happen, but I need to put this to you guys. I want immediate grades on this hire. Just again, did you think this was the right hire or do you think the Lions just kind of swung and miss on maybe some of these other offensive coordinators that were big names here like Hackett or Sarkeesian? Or do you think they got the wrong guy or do you think this was perfect for them? Like, give me give me a grade. I mean, I threw out a grade this morning on Pride of Detroit on, on Thursday morning, and I said C+. Plus. It, I'd probably bump it up to somewhere in the B range at this point. I, I do think it makes complete sense for what Matt Patricia has said he's wanted to do. I think it's a perfect hire in terms of, of what he wants. I'm a little more skeptical um, of, of this method working. Um, I, I don't think that there's only one way to, to build an effective offense. And I don't think that only way is, is the Sean McVay way, but I do think it's a general better idea that you're more effective as an offense when you pass more. It, it's just, it's math. You, you gain more yards when you pass the ball in every single down on every single place on the field, pretty much. So, um, it, it's not an exciting hire. Like Jerry said up top, it's not one that moves the, the needle much another way, but it's it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's a very uh, rational hire, just not one that's very exciting. Um, I, I'll have to give it a C, man. I, I, I'm, I'm in neutral with it. Like I said, I, I, I wasn't too pumped for a lot of guys. I wanted Monken. That was about it. I didn't want Godsey. And so, you know, Hackett and whoever else was the possible guy, I, I just would have been in neutral. I can't give it anything higher or lower, man. And I hate to kind of sit on the fence there, but it's it's a C at this moment. It's it's, it's not something I'm upset about, and I'm not overjoyed either. Um, hey, I, I just got to go right down the middle, man. Can, can I ask you a question? Yep. 
in general, would you have preferred a coach, a, a new up and comer coach, whether it's, you know, someone who once served Sean McVay at a restaurant or, you know, maybe someone <laughs> outside of that coaching tree that, that hasn't had the experience or are, are you at least a little promised that, you know, we got a guy with 10 years experience at, at calling plays? You know, based on how last season went, I, I wanted a little bit of stability. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am glad that we have someone that's a, a little bit more seasoned that has been around for a little bit, um, as opposed to just like that new guy, as opposed to whatever, you know, Sean McVay's barber. So, yeah, from that standpoint, this guy's been around for a while. Some people might look at that and say he's behind on the times, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. And, and like I said, I'd rather have someone with a little bit more experience. We still have a generally inexperienced head coach. Yep. Um, you know, he's still new. Um, and so, yeah, give me a guy that's been around for a little bit. And the little wrinkle of, of uh, Bevel working with Favre, um, you know, Stafford isn't a Favre clone, you know, like some people thought he would be. But there are similarities with the big arm. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll see a little bit of uh, gunslinger Stafford again. That'd be exciting, right? Sure. Maybe, maybe. All right. Any other final thoughts we didn't get to here before I wrap this podcast up? I guess the the one thing, because one thing not a lot of people are talking about is basically the fallout in Seattle. You know, his last two years with Seattle, they weren't very good. 18th and 11th in points scored, 16th and 14th in offensive DVOA. Um, There's a lot of theories on what happened there. And there are a couple... Seahawks fans that are putting it all on Tom Cable, their their offensive line coach, which kind of rings of of what happened in Detroit with with their offensive line coach and and everyone just kind of putting all their blame on there. But I think I think there is something to that in that the Seahawks offensive line was just horrible. Like there wasn't any good players on it. Russell Wilson would have to pull all these crazy plays out of his behind. And and the one thing that has me feeling pretty optimistic at least about this hire is that I think this might be the best offensive line he's ever had. Like even going back to his days in Minnesota, he he had a pretty poor offensive line. And while, while the lions offensive line wasn't perfect in 2018, it certainly took a big step in the right direction. And there's questions about what's going to happen at right guard, but I think every other position is pretty well locked up and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about where basically everything, but maybe a tight end, another wide receiver, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about where this offense is in terms of personnel. So I think Bevel can hit the ground running and uh, could really turn this offense around very quickly. I'm curious as to how many of these tough internet guys that are complaining about Tom Cable would get in that guy's face and say it. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I want to know. I know he's a little bit older now, but he's not that far removed from. Then he had that thing where he like got into it with one of the management dudes in Oakland or one of the players. I wouldn't want to mess with that guy, man. So just if you're listening, Tom Cable, Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y has nothing <laughs> against you. I don't know about Jeremy or Chris, but you're all right with me, buddy. <laughs> All right. That all sounds good. Let's wrap it up here again. Subscribe on I on Apple podcasts. I should say on Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to pride of Detroit for the pride of Detroit POD cast. We'll see you back here next time for the full scale podcast. See you star side. Hey, I'm Anil dash and I'm the host of a new show called function from the Vox media podcast network and glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. 
why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.